0: Good morning. Let me try it again. Good morning, New Cove. Good morning. It is great to see you. Thanks for making the effort to be here today. Uh, I, man, what awesome worship. Wasn't that great? So there's a passage that I want us to uh, start every, uh, every message for this uh, particular series, which is the best one ever. And... Uh, yeah. In my opinion. But wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't you hate it if I said, hey, this next series, it's mediocre. Yeah. I mean, why why bother, right? So I'm glad you're here. Hebrews 2:1 says, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. So we must listen very carefully, and the word listen Means to hear with intent to act upon. Hear with intent to act upon. So we must hear with intent to act upon the truth that we have heard or we may drift away from it. And last week I talked about the imagery of drifting. It's a nautical term referencing the only action that keeps a boat from drifting, and that's to tie to it the mooring. It's, it's the idea of a boat passing by its destination and not realizing it. It's the idea that something has slipped from someone's memory. It's the idea of a ring slipping off a finger and not realizing it till later. And you think, oh my word, where at what point did I lose that? Drift is a frightening word because the loss is happening imperceptibly. So... What I want us to do is to look at several things that I just think are core issues for New cov and for us. And when I say New cov, I mean you. I mean me. And so if it sounds great for the church, that's awesome. But you're part of the church. You make up the church. So as we apply God's word, that's the idea that say, how are we as a church handling this? The author of Hebrews begs us to combat inoculation by paying closer to attention to what we've heard. Basically, what this is saying is, we're being told to anchor ourselves to God. And the evil one does not want you to anchor. He does not, and he's not going to tempt you to do big, big, bad, horrible things. He just wants you to just drift along in your commitment to God. And so my prayer is that, Lord, wake me up if I'm drifting, if I'm sleeping, wake me up. So last week I talked about uh, my desire for New Cove is that we have an intimate, that we intimately know God. And we talked a little bit about that. We're going to continue to talk about knowing God. And the word know means to know intimately, not just a uh, superficial uh, knowledge. And then to make him known, we'll talk about that later. And then to never drift away from it. Again, the evil one's tactic is just get us to drift just to drift, just to make a little 2-2% off True North. And I want you to know your heart is custom made to know God. And so what we're going to talk about, God custom made your heart to know him. Our hearts and lives thrive in only one environment. Thrive in the way God wants it to. And that's in the kingdom of God. May what's going on up there happen at home, happen in my business, happen at, at school. So how do we make God the reference point in our life? That's what, this is. that's what the kingdom of God is. It's our reference point. It's the true north. It's, it's what we're say, uh if all else fails, this is what I lean on. Well, I closed out, and I want us to pick up at this point, with the word theopraxy. It literally means God practice. It's a lifestyle that seeks to know Christ, to imitate him, to seek God's kingdom, and to view everything in life from God's perspective. Wow. I mean, when I, when I read this, there are so many areas in my life that, that this is not true. But it drives my prayer time to say, God, make this true and, and show me where it's not true in my life. So it's not one of those one and done things. It's an ongoing issue. But imagine this, to view everything in life, everything in life from God's perspective. It requires a desire to live in total concord with and submission to His will, His ways, His purposes, His character, His nature, His desires, His thoughts. It's doing God's work in God's way and God's timing by God's enablement. Can you... Imagine if, if you started living this way. Imagine if every, every morning we got up and we prayed this, God, may I do today, wherever you have me, may I be doing your work in your way, in your timing, and you enable me to do that. Whatever season of life you're in, imagine what, what would happen to the people around you. They would see you as a curious person. They would wonder why in the world you respond the way you respond, or why you don't respond in certain ways. I, I I pray that God makes us a peculiar people. I want to be peculiar, not in a weird way. I I deal with that anyway. But peculiar in that it's not the norm. And that's why God has left us here is to be peculiar people. Peculiar by doing God's way and God's timing, God's word by his enablement. So if, if we embrace this, if, if we just started at, at ground zero today and we all just said we're going to do this. Imagine the threat to the evil one. And so the threat is so big because he doesn't want us to live this way. He doesn't want... If, if those who die without Jesus are doomed to, to eternity and hell apart from him, and so that's why we, we we live our lives in such a way that other people see Jesus in us. And so Satan does not want that to happen, and so he will do whatever he can to help us just drift a little off course. We dethrone him. And the most effective way of what I want us to look at is the most effective way to know god's heart here it is is through the consistent practice of reading and applying god's word reading and applying god's word okay so there's a story jesus hanging out with a bunch of sadducees uh sadducees don't believe in a a resurrection they're and so that's why they're called sadducees they're sad you see Okay, preacher preacher joke. And I can already tell my daughter, she's watching in Dallas. She's already going, Dad, enough with the dad jokes. So Jesus is hanging out with them, and they're asking all these questions that aren't secondary. They aren't even tertiary. They are not important things, but they're all caught up wanting to know things. And here was Jesus' response. Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Your problem is you don't know the scriptures. So how are we to navigate life's events? We all, everybody in this room, you preach a doctrine, a truth to yourself. You have a bottom line, you have a reference point, that which has the final say, all of us do. When all else fails, we have this one last thing that it comes back to. And it could be just, hey, I'm going to do what I want, when I want, however much I want, and and so be it. We all have a final reference point to say, this has the bottom line say in my life. And that sets the trajectory of our lives. And I want to cast a vision that God's word becomes that reference point. That it becomes the bottom line, it becomes the filter, becomes the doctrine. Not finances, as important as they are. Not your success, as important as it is. Not grades, as important as grades may be. Not the lack of conflict, which most of us who don't like conflict can find ourselves making decisions based on what's the least, way, the least uh, disruptive way to, to go. Okay, break yourself. I'll say this and then we'll move on. And it is certainly not your chosen political beliefs. The doors are locked. Stay put. God's word is the final say in how we respond, how we react, how we live, how we're citizens. Everybody in this room and online, we're all being transformed. We're being transformed by our reference point. We're all being transformed. You are changing because of what you read or don't read, by who you hang out with. We're all being transformed. The issue is, who's doing the transforming? And I want to make a case that God's word is the the change agent, that God uses his word because it's living, it's active, it's powerful. ...sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through the bone and marrow... ...and it seeks deep into the intentions of the heart. Here's what Jenny Allen says. She says, How we think shapes how we live. How we think shapes how we live. The greatest spiritual battle of our generation... ...is being fought in our hearts and minds. What we believe, what we think about matters... ...and the enemy knows it. So he's determined to get in your head and your heart... To distract you from seeking Christ and to sink you so deep that you feel hopeless, helpless, overwhelmed, shut down, and incapable of rising to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Okay, if you don't like Jenny Allen, how about A.W. Tozer? He says, if God is exalted, if God is your reference point, if God is your bottom line, if God is your final say a thousand minor problems would be solved at once. Because God's Word is so clear about how we deal with conflict, how we deal with finances. Name, name it. You see, the enemy, he tries to ensnare us. He tries to get us all offline by, by using two little words, whispering these words in our minds: What if? What if? What if? And those in this room who have uh, anticipatory anxiety. In other words, worry. If, if you're one who thinks out the worst possible case scenario, your, your emotions begin to attach to that, and you start living as if that's already true, and it's not. But our tool for defeating what-ifs is not surprisingly, it's found in two words, because God. But God, he's our reference point. Okay, all this intro to say why God's word, Psalm one nineteen one oh five, 105, we uh, start out the service with this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Okay, if you read uh, Friday's blast, I said the foundation for all success lies on this single mission. Are you ready? This is game changer, folks. This is it. Build your life on the word of God. That is the foundation for all success, and it lies on that building your life on the word of God. The truth of this, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. When, they, when the psalmist wrote this, it's from an ancient point of view. When the verse was written, a lamp was made to fit into the palm of the hand. It wasn't this searchlight. It was this small little candle. And what was typically ahead, it was made to fit in the palm of hand, it gave light for what? The next step or two. And that's what God's word does. It gives us the next step or two. He didn't give us the full picture because we'd freak out. One, we'd freak out of what might come down our pathway, or we might freak out what God wants to do. And he, and we certainly want to be careful about that because God says, I have plans to do Huge, amazing things that are, that are far exceedingly beyond whatever you would think or imagine. Often God's peace arrives when we realize and accept his, that his word provides us needed strength and direction for the next steps, not the entire journey. And so we listen to God's word. What does God's word want me to do in this situation? And then be faithful. Listen with intent to act upon we need a light you need a light you need a light for your marriage Karen and I uh, we've used this phrase but it's, it's, it's the same idea of a light for a marriage we've reinvented our marriage over and over and over again depending on the season we're in we just reinvent it. it's so not like it used to be at Baylor and oh man we thought we had the world hit Baylor. But life changes. Life happens and good and bad and unexpected things happen. And we need a light for our marriage. We need a light for parenting. Oh, man, you know that. Especially if you have middle schoolers. (laughs) They get a bad rap, don't they? For a good reason. You need a light for your job. God has placed the most irritating people around you at work. You need help. God's word provides it. I I had a wedding last night, and and I said, if you're going to make all these things happen, you need to live by Colossians 3. It says, that we're to forgive as we've been forgiven. Can you imagine if if you forgave people who've been mean and rude to you? Can you imagine if you said, you know what? What does God's word say? It doesn't say get even. It says forgive as you've been forgiven. Do you know that God's word also says if you've been offended against, you go to them in private, not and private doesn't mean on Facebook. Okay? <laughs> just just saying. I know shock of all shocks. You go to them in private and you share with them when when you did this this is how it made me feel and I I want our relationship to work out and so let's talk about it. Who who thinks like that? Peculiar people. So let's be peculiar. You need a light for the weaknesses that come to you physically you need a light for the hardships that come your way we need a light for culture trending that's going on to come back and say what does God's word say you need a light for those moments when you're most alone and overwhelmed you need a light for the unknowns you need a light for the day after tomorrow we need a light for the rest of our lives. Psalm one five: Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Light provides clarity, it provides comfort, it provides direction. Now we may not ever in fact I, I would say this would be true. We may never be able to completely silence hopeless thoughts. I mean, Satan just keeps coming, what if, what if, what if, what if. And they come at the most unusual times. But we can quiet them when we read, believe, and pray the words of the Bible. And not to boast, but to say, I'm just being an open book at this point. That's what I do every morning. I've learned to silence the what ifs. Most time, the what ifs come... When I wake up in the morning, not during the day, but enough to say, I think I'll stay in bed about another two hours. <laughs> the problem is when I pull the covers over my head, I'm still there. <laughs> I can't get away from me. That old saying, wherever you go, there you are. We need, I need something to, to, to disrupt. I need a reference point, and it's not the what ifs. 2 Corinthians 12, uh, 10 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension, that's what what what-ifs are, that set itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought. Read with intent to act. Read with intent to act. We take every thought captive and we make it obedient to what truth is. Okay, I want to share a couple of verses. that This was a game changer for me. And it's, it's, a, it's a verse that uh, most of us, if you've been around, you probably have this verse that says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That sounds awesome. But I keep getting stumbled up on the first words don't worry about anything Ah. but pray okay so I was meeting with a group of uh, folks that help with sermon prep and Brett Yon said look at what what does verse 5 say I said I have no idea I just memorized 6 and 7 I I don't know what verse 5 says. He says, it ends with this. The Lord is near. Whoa. The clue bell just went off. The Lord is near. Therefore, don't worry about anything. But in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, because the Lord is near, let your request be made known to God. He's near. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, or surpasses whatever what-if is there, It'll guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. That's why my favorite part of my of, of the service is the end, but not for your reasoning. <laughs> it's when you say, The Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you. And remember, he's before you. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's in you. The Lord is near. Paul Tripp says, the faith of the Bible is so in awe of the grandeur and glory of God that it's able to look at the darkest of realities in life and not be afraid. Wow. So, a couple of verses that have been meant a lot to me that I hope will in, <clears throat> encourage you as well. Jeremiah 32, 17. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing. He created it all. And you talk about a game changer when I make time to read, God speaks by what He's written. How about this, Deuteronomy 31:8? Don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He's ahead of you. He'll be with you. He will neither fail you. He won't abandon you. The Lord is near. Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Because you trust in him, the Lord is near then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is in you. Wow. Who didn't want to live that way? Sign me up every day. A year and a half ago, I shared with you the Parkinson's verse I found in the Bible, Psalm 16:8. "I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken." Okay, so there's one verse in the Bible that's not true. <laughs> yet, yet. And maybe there's a different way to spell the word shaking and shaking, right? Uh. Hey, listen, I thought about this. God has never brought to my mind a verse I've never read. God has never brought to my mind a verse that I've never read. What's the antidote? Read. <laughs> Read so he can speak, he can bring things to mind, what you've read. When we open God's word, God opens his mouth. So what does the evil one want you to do? Not read. He wants you to hydroplane. He wants you to be so busy, that old saying, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Let me jump to 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. <clears throat> just so you'll know, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, <clears throat> rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the people of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let's talk about that just for a second as our worship team comes to this the platform god 's word is all scripture is god breathed he didn 't pass off he breathed it and it 's useful for teaching what means teaching the standard we need to know what the truth is for rebuking for exposing error where where there 's a gap in our in our lives for correcting. He gives us word to close the gap. He exposes the gap and then gives us word how to close the gap between his his kingdom and our own kingdom. And then the last for training in righteousness. Here we go, system of habits. You become like your habit. And so training in righteousness, training, it's ongoing. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God it's alive, it's powerful, sharper than the, the, two, the, the two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. So drifting from God's word leads to drifting of the soul, and may that not be the case for Nukov. May we not drift from God's word. But there are no drive-through breakthroughs, by the way. It's the consistency. It's the, daily, it's the daily routine of reading God's Word. So, three questions that you ask. What, as you read, what did this say about God? What is God trying to say to me, having read this? And then what am I going to do about it? Okay, I can't close without saying, so I've got a plan for you. I have a plan for you. So you've got numerous options to respond. One would be to pick one of the Gospels and just slowly work your way through it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You'll hear the life of Jesus, and it, it, it's, it's awesome. And slowly work through it. Let it work through you instead of you trying to get through it. Just take it slowly. The other is called BibleProject.com. Uh, Bibleproject.com, it is the most creative way to, to, for Bible study. And these guys are, are gifted teachers, and you can pick. There's a plethora of, of Bible studies at Bible, uh, Bibleproject.com. And then there is one, that for those of you that are you version lovers, uh, there's one called Flourish in the Word. It's a five day study if you're just getting started or uh, a, in a place where you have an have opportunity. Uh, Flourish will be an amazing uh, read-through on that. My prayer, as I said, is that we do not drift, and that the Word of God becomes that reference point for us. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would that you would speak to us. I pray, Father, that uh, that we would be people of the Word, and that as we open the Word, that you would speak help us not just to listen to what you have to say help us to do what you say and I pray this in Jesus name